and welcome into Poke the Bear episode 45. 45. Pedro Martinez episode. Yeah, the Pedro Martinez, the Aaron Johnson episode. This is, this is all about Aaron Johnson. I've actually, now, it's taken me 45 episodes to get into this, uh, where I look up, cause I, 44 I knew, 43 I knew, 42 I knew, most of these I, you know, but 45 I was like, damn, who was the last Bruin to wear number 45? So I actually looked it up. It was Joe Morrow. Hmm. Uh, Bruin wear 45s. This Bruin, Bruin's, Joe le- Morrow Bruin's legend, Joe Morrow. Actually, the longest tenured Bruin with 45 before Johnson and Aaron uh, and uh, and uh, Joe Morrow was uh, was Mark Stewart. Yeah, it was Mark Stewart. 2007 yeah, or six to 2011. So uh, noted enforcer, left shot defensive Mark Stewart. When the Bruins needed a top four left shot defensive, they should have called Mark Stewart. I know. Been like it was a bit of back. an oversight on their part, but. Would it would have taken less than a third round pick to get Mark Stewart true. in 2021? I, this is true. You can't argue, argue with the logic, Evan. These are facts the media won't report. Uh, yes. But by the way, that's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, if you don't know. Hope you guys are all doing well. Um, so the Bruins know their uh, second round opponent. They don't know when they're going to play yet. Now, again, this is being recorded Thursday. So we're going to assume this is going to start Saturday. We're going to assume it doesn't really matter. The, the start time of this doesn't really affect anything we're about to say. So it's not like, oh, you know, on Saturday nights when it's 7 p.m. and there's no rain, the Bruins are, you know, it looks like the, the um, Tim Kirkton stats. Yes. Uh, there's none of that. It's, it's whatever. Um, how's your week been? Evan, it's been swell. Been doing, uh, working on a lot of previews. Obviously, we, we went into it expecting either or of the Islanders or Penguins. Uh, you know, on Bruins, we, we talked about kind of who you would prefer. And I kind of mentioned that, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Jari's not great, but, you know, they still got a pretty high – if they're playing up to their level, they got a very high ceiling. Um, I like to redact that. Maybe I was on a little bit of a heater, but, like, you know, <laughs> I, I was trying speak. to get – yeah, I was getting a little bit too bold there. But, um, yeah, I was telling you before we started recording, I was, like, physically pained uh, watching uh, Jari in that series. I mean – it's not like that Pittsburgh team was like destined to be a one and done. That was a that was a good Pittsburgh team, and for a team that that could be like probably one of the last hurrahs of that that core in place to have a promising team undone by dog shit goaltending, like horrible goaltending. Uh, that's 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 a brutal break for them. I mean, he was he was dreadful in that series. Um, and again, if you're the Bruins, you probably look at that series of like, all right, well. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh's got some skill of their own. They can score, but we're going to hang four or five goals a night on Jari easily, right? The way they're playing oh. right now. If not more, right? Like, I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough, not a tough break for the Bruins. Cause I still think they're favored in this series against the Islanders, which we're going to talk about. But, um, yeah, looking at that series, it's kind of like how we went into Washington and we mapped out right away a very easy matchup, right? Or, or a mismatch that the Bruins were going to get goals on whoever Washington was going to roll out there, whether it's Samsonov or Anderson or, or Vanacek. Uh, Pittsburgh was going to be an even worse matchup, right, in terms of just what the what they were going to roll out there. Um, you get the Islanders who, again, may not have as high of a ceiling as, as the Penguins, but damn, like <laughs> you're in much better hands, whether it's Sorokin or Verlamov, uh, in terms of what you have out there. So, you know, maybe they're – not as dynamic, but I expect we're going to see quite a few uh, one goal nail biters and, and games dragging into overtime as these go on. So I just did a quick Twitter search of Tristan Jari just to see 
uh, the stat from uh, Wednesday night where it was like expected goals against 0.09 and then it actual like goals five. against five. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's so shocking that's almost impressive that someone can let up that many shit opportunities end up in the back of the net. And his glove is so bad. See, the funny thing is, you know, you hear we obviously don't get to watch every game. The, the average most fans don't watch every game or even outside of like their fandoms, except for Spokesy, who somehow watches every game that's like going on at once. But that's okay. Respect. Uh, res- I got to respect it, especially the Wild, uh, which he was right on, by the way. And he's go- he's going to will them to a game seven win. I c- can feel it. Um, but, you know, you-, you hear a lot of narratives around the league. You know, the Leafs aren't that good. You hear like different little things from different parts of the league, but you don't get to really see it a lot, whether it be because they're not on nationally or, you know, you're just busy with life or the Bruins are on at that same time. You just see the tweets and you don't really see like a, too much of it you see the stats obviously which are pretty telling but you don't physically see it you don't see the full package and I think one of the funny parts of this penguin series was like you knew going in Jari wasn't that great right like you you knew he was definitely gonna have to be really like I think someone said going into the series you know as long as he doesn't lose the many games the penguins will be all right and then you actually watched every game of that series and it was like holy crap he is awful Awful. And I loved Pete Blackburn's tweet of me watching Tristan Jari. And it was, uh, Wes McCauley yeah, saying West, like, yeah. he's unable to play his position. <laughs> I was like, that's perfect. But I mean, it really goes, and, and it goes back to this. And we've said this before, you know, for the Bruins fans who really bitch about Rask, watch these other teams because the Penguins were a good team. They're a good, yes. that's not a bad team. And the other part of it, and we've, and you've said this all year was, you have Jeff Carter scoring a bunch of goals. You have like Cody Cece and Mike Matheson playing like really well. And you have all these guys who are typically not doing so hot or are supposed to be on the back end of their careers. Some not even in the NHL who are playing like a Stanley cup contender. And then you have that in net. Like I was thinking this morning, it would almost be like, like what was the, what was the biggest weak link of the Bruins this year? Most of the year was probably like Jakob Zaboral, right? Like you have Jakob Zaboral back on D third pairing guy some nights he was up on the first pairing because of uh because of injuries and stuff but it was an, it was annoying for people it was kind of an eyesore right like he had tough time getting out of his own zone couldn't defend the front of the net well like they're all little weak things that people get annoyed with imagine if that was in net imagine if every part of that was then in the net that is Tristan Jari and that is why uh you know you could see Rask and 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 be like you know maybe you should have stopped that but at least it's not Tristan Jari yes that's like and the so, ultimate, that's the ultimate like level to weigh all of the goal against. So at least you're not Tristan Jari level. It's like, <laughs> it's like, the, it's like the scene in Moneyball with Brad Pitt. He's like, there's 10, 10 layers of shit. And there's Tristan Jari. I mean, yeah, like it, I just picture like what Pittsburgh fans are looking at now and like putting it in the perspective of the Bruins of like, if you didn't have Rascal, Rascal was playing at that level of squandering one of the last good chances you had. No, not saying that. Pittsburgh was going to go on a crazy run, but they were good, man. Like they were, they were a good team. They were a team that going to see the East. Yeah. They were a team that was going to give you some problems. Uh, if you just had a stable guy in that, and that wasn't the case. So to have it, I mean, again, not a shocking revelation, but you need good goaltending to get fired in the playoffs, but even competent goal to goaltending. I mean, just giving up games off of just uh dreadful play. So, uh, but again, that's why Pittsburgh's out, and that's why the Islanders, even though they may not be the most thrilling product on the ice, that's why they're moving on. I mean, he literally gave away a game in, yes. in game five. Like, gave yes. it away. Just here's yes. the puck, score on me. And that's the thing. And it was, it just, it, 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 it's infuriating to see, uh, even for other, like, as you said, for other teams, you know, squandering last chances and, 
and things of that sort. But yeah, I mean, I, I it's funny. I saw a tweet today. It was like, imagine what the Penguins could have got if they traded Matt Murray after the two cups. Like you could have gotten so much. And so yeah. I think they, I think they low key expected that going into this year when when Murray went to Ottawa. I think they expected like, oh, Tristan Jari will step up, but he's not going to be amazing, but he'll be good enough to get us deep in the playoffs. And and I think they kind of thought the same about DeSmith, who was out. Because right. I know, I think it was Max Legacy, uh on the bench yeah. last night. So it was just, I, I mean, that was a debacle. And and again, if the Bruins could have played the Penguins, if you could play Tristan Jari, like that's why I tweeted, if, if you know, if the Islanders, if the, the, the best matchup is Islanders with Tristan Jari in net. Uh, that would be a very safe bet. What's not a, or what is always a safe bet though, is bet online. Tell the listeners about bet online. Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, guys. It's an, it's an exciting time of the year on the sports world. Red Sox are playing. The Celtics are. Yeah. And at long last, playoff <laughs> hockey is back and the garden is going to be packed this weekend or Monday. And even if you guys haven't made it back to Fenway or the garden just yet, you can still be in on the action at bet online. No matter how the schedules change or the players that play, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. I'm pretty sure nobody beats that. Per a source, per many sources, nobody beats that. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Go there now. Also, they, I think... If they play, even if they, if they do play Saturday, they'll probably play Monday as well. I would assume at the garden, they'll just do right yes, tonight. So they're going to play Monday, no matter what. Yes. But it's what I'm Something that go drastically wrong if they're not playing on Monday. So. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad. Um, uh, maybe the Celtics fans burn down the, the garden when, uh, Kyrie, I, w- I, I would Kyrie shows fast. them. Uh, so the Islanders, the Islanders are the team the Bruins will play in the second round. Uh, had a, a little bit of tough time with them in the early part of the regular season, uh, won their last three after the trade deadline. Again, I almost consider this Bruins team after the deadline. I don't even really consider the Bruins before the trade deadline. It's like the, it was like the, 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 uh, the fake Bruins, the, some of the Providence Bruins in a sense. Now I got the real, Ma- Bruins the Marlboro after, Bruins, the Marlboro Bruins after April 12th is, you know, new team, brand new team, which by the way, it stinks. Well, not stinks. It's a good thing. See that. A year ago today, we would have killed for all the content we would have, we would have had right now because we have the playoffs. We also have Taylor Hall's comments that he made to Emily Kaplan at ESPN. But I want to discuss the Islanders first, and then maybe we can save the Hall comments or talk about them in a little while. Um, no surprise. I don't think they were like a surprise. Um, right. Summed up, he just wanted to. He want he expressed he wants to be here past like two years. Really? And I don't think the, the wow. hold. I know the hold up has never been him. It's it's the Bruins. That, that's Sweeney. That's the hold up. Getting him to say anything is going to be the tough thing. But the Islanders. So uh, what are your initial thoughts and impressions going into this series? Yeah, I mean, I guess bottom line, I still think the Bruins should be favored in this matchup. I, you look at the mismatches that the Bruins had against the Capitals and what they would have had against the Penguins. They're not as drastic as they are uh, with the Islanders. You know, it's not like 
they've got a black hole in net um, with whether it's Sorokin or, or Verlamov. I imagine it's going to be Sorokin now, but even if let's say Sorokin comes back to earth um, from what he was against Pittsburgh and Verlamov is healthy, he's not a bad backup plan, right? I think he had like a nine, four, uh, save percentage against Boston in seven games. So he was great against Boston during the regular season. So he already got kind of a, a, a slimmer margin of error in terms of what, what you're going up against in net. And again, it's not like the Islanders are, you, you know what they're going to bring, right? They're going to, you know, pack up the, uh, pack the neutral zone. They're going to put, you know, probably three guys on the blue line, try to limit how many, and en- how many clean entries you have, uh, limit rush chances. So it's going to be a lot of, you know, trying to find that, that open lane or, or just dumping the puck in and trying to, you know, get, be the first guy in there. So not riveting hockey by any means, but uh, plenty of teams have used it in the past to go very far in the playoffs. Right. So, um, but you, you kind of look at the overall way that the team is set up and whether it's goaltending, whether it's defense, whether it's offense, especially the Bruins are just better in every area there. Now, does that mean that, you know, the Bruins going to average five goals a night? No, of course not. Not when they've got a much more structured defense uh, and a better tandem in net. But you kind of look at uh, the way these two teams match up. And I, I think what people are probably, you know, people are focusing on the Bruins trying to get past the, the Islanders defense. But you also have to look at, you know, the Islanders scored a bunch of goals, but it was against Tristan Jari. Like Tuka Rask is much better than Tristan Jari. No, he's not. No, he's not. Of course. Jari's less money. It doesn't doesn't equate. But, but like, you you look at Rask, right? And even regardless of how well Rask looked in that first round, he's done very, very well against the Islanders in the past. I think he's 19-7-1 with, like, a 9-3-6 save percentage against the Islanders in his career. Pretty good. Um, So you look at that, and I think this is going to be a series where uh, you know, Rass is going to have to be your best player, which is par for the course for most series, right? But I think especially in this one where you're going to have, I think, a lot of 2-1 games or 3-2 or, you know, a tied game going into the third. Um, again, the, the capital, uh, not the Capitals, the Islanders are not a high-flying offense, but they're opportunistic. Uh, you know, they like to counter-rush if you get a turnover in the neutral zone. So uh, I think Rask has to be obviously uh, locked in to, to get them past this opponent. But you kind of just go down the line of how they match up in all regards. The The margin is not as drastic again, as it is with another team they'd be going up against, but the Bruins should have the edge in all those areas, right? They have a better offense. Uh, you know, it remains to be seen how the Islanders, even with their structure are going to stop both the Bergeron and Krejci lines. I mean, I think uh, the Krejci line, especially Hall is going to be key for this series. I think he's due for a monster series. Um, you look at defense, uh, you know, Islanders aren't flashy, but you can't overlook like how good Pelican that top pairing is. Uh, but Bruins also have a great, great deep pair as well with McAvoy leading the charge. And again, Sorokin and Verlamov, very good, but Rask is better. So uh, again, may not be the most riveting brand of hockey, but the Bruins, if they play to their level, should be on the, the right side of the scoreboard for most of these games, even if maybe they're going to come down to the wire. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Taylor Hall. I think he's going to be so big with the zone entries yes. uh, for that line, especially. And Krejci as well, kind of navigating through the neutral zone like he normally does, slowing the game down, hitting Taylor Hall in stride. I think that's going to be a big one. Uh, that, I, that It feels like this that line is going to be big in this series. I just have a weird feeling that that might be the case. I looked up the numbers for Bergeron against all four, uh, or Bergeron's line against all four uh, lines, the Islanders roll out. 
and they're good. They were good from this year. They, nothing was, nothing jumped off the page. I mean, they had a 68 or 0.75 Corsi four percentage against the bars all line. That was the only number that really like stood out to me. They didn't really get that much time against the bars all line. Uh, I think, yeah, they mainly played uh, Brock Nelson's line uh, this season. They, they spent the most time against them. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, this is going to be a close series. I don't think this is going to be like a, I mean, but in terms of games, I, I don't, or like, you know, score in the games, this game, this series could go four, could go five, obviously could go six or seven. Well, technically it could, yeah, it could go any of those. Like, could. It's Captain Obvious seven here. Uh, but I mean, like score wise, mm-hmm. it's going to be a close, it's going to be low scoring. Unlike the Penguin series where it would have been like, you know, six to five and high flying offense games. Um, but yeah, I don't see any area where the Bruins have the, or, or kind of, you know, where the Islanders have the upper hand. I don't see any glaring weaknesses that, that they have going in the series. I think this is a series that the Bruins should win. Um, I don't think that this is one uh, that the, I mean, maybe the Islanders building might be louder. <laughs> maybe that's the one. I mean, they seem pretty rowdy in game six. I don't see any other area where I'm like, Oh shoot. You know, the Bruins are really gonna have to crack down on this. Cause even with their offensive lines, there's no overpowering line. It's not like the Islanders have a clear, number one line that you know they don't have a Bergeron line or even really a, a Krejci line the Krejci line's number one on most teams yeah yeah but that's I, the thing I don't I don't see any big area that the Bruins should be super concerned about yeah no I mean they're they're an opportunistic team but you look at obviously you got to watch out for Barzal obviously you ever heard of him yes we're, yeah. we're gonna deal with it yeah I to get it out of the way now let's get it out of the way now before Boom. get it all out get everything yeah. out uh but you also look at, I mean, how much of a loss I think uh, Lee was to them. Uh, the fact that you don't have him on that line. I think Komarov is on that top line, which is a little bit unorthodox, yes. right? So, um, but, you know, that that second line they have with uh, Beauvillier and Nelson and Bailey is... is Beauvillier is good. Beauvillier yeah, no, that, that, is very that, good. I think that second line is probably their best overall line in terms of just like consistently, you know, hemming the puck in of, you know, countering on those rushes once they get turnovers in the neutral zone that's a t- that's a line that can really get you but um but again it, it's one of those things where the brood should have the the matchups but also barry trotz is a good coach and he likes those matchups and he likes grinding the game down to a halt so it's not going to be like uh you know if they're playing the penguins you probably would have had a lot of bergeron versus crosby which bergeron pants pants that line in the regular season i think they outscored crosby for nothing uh, during regular season, I could very well see Trotz keeping either Pajot's line or or that fourth line of you know Sizikis and Clutterbuck and those guys against Bergeron trying to neutralize them. I imagine they're going to do that for one of those two lines because you got to deal with Krejci and Hall as well. So whether that's, uh, I feel like for them it's going to be trying to neutralize those two lines with their with their checking units um, as opposed to trying to match fire with fire. And hopefully for them, I bet their game plan is seeing if. You know the the Beauvillier uh, Nelson line can get you know land punches against kind of lesser matchups there, but um, but that, I mean again Barry Trotz is a good coach. He, again, he keeps it simple in terms, of especially their neutral zone structure. But uh, they're a team that will grind you down, and then it's you know one one game and you're driving yourself crazy, and all of a sudden there's a turnover in the neutral zone. They got numbers down the other way. Barzal sets up a guy for a nice one timer and. You're, scr- you're scratching your head, right? That's kind of how Islanders play. Thrilling? No, but it works. It's, you mentioned the checking lines going against those top two lines to the Bruins. I mean, you think about it. If that Barzal line was to go against the Bergeron line for seven games, they get killed. Yeah, Kill- I mean, killed. It, w- it wouldn't even be close. 
And that's why I think you're, as you said, you're going to have to put up Peugeot or Sezikis against those top two lines if you're trots. And again, they only have three of those seven games at home. So yes. you only get those three games to have that matchup that you'd like. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't see a, a huge area with that. I also think the other thing is with this team, I mean, this team on paper, you know, if you gave this to another coach, I don't know if they're here right now. I think a lot of this team's yeah. success is Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. It's the systems. It, as yep. you said, it's, it's stifling teams in the neutral zone. It's packing it in. It's doing all those little things to make it really simple, but very hard to get to the middle and very hard to enter the ozone. And you know, it's interesting that that makes that big of a difference, that, that, that that's a huge thing. And that is for them. And that's sustained them. I mean, when, even when they lost, like right after they lost to Varys, um, they, had, they, they, they had this stuff and they still had the same success. People forget they were in the Eastern Conference final last year. And the year before that, they were in the second round. And like they, they're consistently good. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And I think it, a lot of it goes back to Trotz is just how good of a coach he is and how smart. He's probably the best all around coach in the league. I, I would say, I, would say I mean, so. yeah. Given year out in, uh, with this roster, even the body before work. this, yeah, yeah, with year before year, before this was the Capitals who randomly just didn't want him back. Was that the thing they didn't, they want to pay him? So they have Todd Reardon. Yeah, it was like a, he like Todd. I think he like technically resigned, right? Didn't, I think it was a technical like I, I formally resigned, but it was more like a throwing like the yeah. birds up. I think <laughs> is what it was, but uh, but <laughs> you look at just the the way the Islanders are structured. Um, yeah, it's what he's done for that team has been monumental. As you said, most franchises use a guy like Tavares, and you kind of look at not not spit pots, right? Like they've got good players, you know, sprinkled throughout their lineup. But to to lose a franchise a guy like Tavares and run it back with the success they've had now, obviously Barzal developing the player he has, uh, Pelic, those guys doing very well. Uh, that helps out a lot, but. Um, but you just look at the the system he put in place. It this, the results speak for themselves, man. I mean, they they were they gave Tampa a pretty good test for quite a few of those games. They were frustrating them. Which if Tampa, a team that can make offense out of nothing in a hurry, uh, runs into fits, you're gonna you're gonna expect some of that during this year. I think the Bruins will still be able to land their punches, but um, there's gonna be a whole bunch of there's gonna be a couple of games I think where the, the Bruins are gonna have like. 25 shots on goal and people are going to be like, why aren't they shooting more? It's like, all right, well, they're, they're running into bodies of the blue line. They're trying to, or they're losing pucks off of dumping them in. So uh, it's, it's going to be kind of the one of those ones where you kind of land the punch as well. You can, but the Bruins at least have the personnel that when those opportunities are there, they have guys that can bury them. Oh yeah. Martian versus Komarov, by the way, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Just give it off, give off history. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is I, I think the series is going to end in game seven. When uh, it's going to be a three-on-one, it's going to be DeBrusque, Zaboral, and Seneshin against Barzal. Somehow that takes place. It happens. It's a three-on-one. It's going to go Zaboral to DeBrusque to Seneshin, who taps it in, and the Bruins win the 2015 draft, putting the Barzal stuff to bed. And and there it is. It's over. The Bruins did it. They no no one can complain about not having Barzal anymore. That's how the series is going to end. I'm telling you right now. Well. Even if that happens, is Islanders fans who will still bring it up every <laughs> single time, or Bruins fans. Bruins fans will talk about it more. I had some, I tweeted that the uh, the the meme of uh, Kepka yesterday of like people. Yes, mentioning I it, saw that, and like someone replied and like r- rattled off the name the uh, Brusque Senishin and Zaboral, but like it was like a ra- it was like a radio caller that just took to Twitter because all the names were spelled drastically wrong too. I, I I forgot what it was, but it was like the most. 
typical like Mike from Quincy uh, <laughs> like response on Twitter to it. So uh, we're gonna hit that. I mean, you know, Barzal is gonna score like a, a highlight reel goal or, or something oh, yeah. in this series. So um, again, we'll get it out of the way now. We won't, we we try not to talk about this as the series goes on. So hopefully, hopefully, we only have one week of this to. Uh, Talk about Barzal and what. Also, Seneshit and Zaboral probably won't even see the ice in this series. So, uh, again, I, no. <laughs> you would hope that something again would have to go drastically wrong if that's the case. Yeah, I, no, the Barzal stuff, I, I actually kind of, for some reason, forgot about all that until I saw your meme and I said, he's right. That's, that's what actually is going to be talked about quite a bit. Um, cause that was for a while, like Barzal was scoring against the Bruins and it was, oh, look, look, they, they could have had him. And for a while, I was like, you're right. And then it just got to the point where it was, Consistently. Yep. Yeah, they could have. Yeah, we know. Yeah, they could They could have had him. They, they could have. We know. We know. So now comes the time we've all been waiting for. Predictions. Predictions. So you are hot. You, you got the first one, which I wouldn't even say you're 1-0. It's like you're in some ways 4-0. Like, I feel like it's like winning, you know, getting at one series right is more than like one point. It's like four. That's a big thing to do. Um, we should count it for like how many games you're off and who you got picking right but you picked the whole thing Bruins and five over the caps you did it so I'll let you go first what is your pick yeah uh it's not I think as bold as uh before but I'm gonna go uh Bruins and six I think they're far and I think you know, maybe not far away is too strong but I think in every area the Bruins are the better team I just think the way the Islanders are built and their structure you're gonna have like a 2-1 loss or you're gonna have a game that goes into overtime where it's a flip of the coin where the Islanders can extend the series but uh, if everyone is playing to their capability, if that top six is playing like they did at the end of the the Washington series, if you're getting a timely goal or two from Coyle and DeBrusque, um, if, if Hall especially is uh, playing a big role in breaking through that neutral zone trap that the Islanders roll out, and if Rask is how he was in that first round, which uh, you hope he can continue that going forward, um, I think the Bruins just every matchup favors them in terms of uh, – how you map out this series. So I'm going to go Bruins in six. I just think that uh, there's no really weak spot. It's not like the Islanders have a, an area that you're dreading, like going into the capital series. You're like, all right, Bruins going to score their goals, but if they get on the, the, if they spend so much time in the penalty box, they're going to pay for it. Ended up not happening. The Bruins PK was fantastic in that series, but it's not like the, the Islanders have this secret weapon unless the only thing is if, you know, Sorokin or Verlamov just become unconscious, right? If they like go on a crazy run then, and they start stealing a couple of games, then you kind of raise the alarms a little bit. But I, I think you just look up and down the roster. The Bruins should have the clear edge in multiple areas. I'm disappointed in your prediction. I know. It's the same, it's the same, it's the nah, same as mine. <laughs> Bruins in six. And I know I, 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 that was the same one I had last, uh, last series, but I do feel that way. I think this is a six game series. Bruins are going to win it. Uh, Bruins have been the hotter team down the stretch. We went over the numbers on Bruins beat. Um, you know, I know the Islanders are coming off a nice, uh, series win over the Penguins, but I just think the Bruins have more firepower. I think if everything goes right, which everything is trending upward, nothing's really trending down with the Bruins. Everyone's, can kind of getting better. I mean, obviously Rask is the obvious one, but the top line is getting better and better. The Krejci line is getting better. The coil line is starting to take shape and the fourth line looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. So if that's, you know, and, the, and by the way, defensively, everything looks pretty good. Clifton's on the up McAvoy's on the up Grizzly. Like no one's sucking and <laughs> everything's good. Mm-hmm. So I just think with that, you know, maybe you'll see them a little slow in game one because the layoff, but yeah. I do think that ultimately, uh, that's going to be a um, 
a six game series that the Bruins win. I do. And, and, and again, like I just, I, 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 I want to be bold, but I don't think this is a bold series. I think if they played the Penguins, you could be bold. You could say, oh, Bruins in four. I would have gone Bruins at four. If if somehow they won, if somehow Pittsburgh won, I was going to go Bruins. I was going to do Bruins in three. Because Bruins in two. Was so bad. <laughs> Jari was so, such a horrible goalie. Uh, but yeah, no, I would, I, and that would have been like a, a bold thing or like Penguins in seven or something like that. Even right, I don't know how yeah. that would happen, but I don't know how Tristan Jari holds up for seven games, but crazier things have happened. Actually, maybe they haven't. Maybe that might be the craziest thing that would have ever taken place ever. But uh, that is it. That is it for today's uh, poke the bear episode 45 uh, before I let you go, Connor, is there anything uh, that the people can look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah. Uh, whether the game start on Saturday or Monday, we're going to have a full preview uh, written preview uh, that's going to be complimenting this that will drop probably the morning of uh, whenever game one is. So you can find that over at bostonsportschannel.com. So subscribe there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day.